Hey guys, today we have an MP studio. We have with us uh, Ms. Pooja Hyde. Um, she's currently a product management lead at Google and she brings with her a wealth of experiences. She has previously worked as a product manager at eBay. Um, she's co-founded um, Let's Have Coffee. She has uh, you know, been involved in product with a great fintech startup called Earn.org. She's worked as a product manager at PayPal, a business insights associate at Facebook, and the list goes on. So she clearly is a very, very um, well-established individual in the industry. And we have the pleasure of having uh, her with us today in, in the studio. Um, and yeah, what's interesting to top all of that is she's a mother of two. Uh, she's currently on maternity break, but she's juggling all of that uh, work with personal life and just uh, acing all, all the parts of her life very well. So it, it's great to have you, Pooja. Thanks a lot for being here. Um, and yeah, this is a casual conversation today. So um, I, I guess what I just wanted to start off by saying is um, how's, um, how's managing, like, I mean, you know, you can definitely vouch for this entire, you know, idea of work-life balance and how that actually pans out in real life. What does it look like for you managing kids and managing work at the same time? Yeah, uh, no, happy to talk about that. Thanks a lot for having me, Naman. Uh, this is really exciting and uh, thanks for uh, the intro. Uh, yeah, it's just like, I think the things you hear about work-life balance and people's, uh, you know, uh, work and life segregation kind of disappearing. I've seen that firsthand and like, uh, so have my friends, I think over the last one and a half years, we thought the pandemic is over, but turns out it's not. It's uh, probably even taking a U-turn. So we are bracing ourselves for the next impact. Uh, yeah, so I was like having, uh, I was pregnant during the pandemic with my second child and uh, then having the baby while we were fully in pandemic, no one was vaccinated at that time. So it was a very different experience than when I had my older child who was who's now four. Uh, and then kind of, uh, the situation of, you know, I'm from India, my family is, is in India, the situation became that no one could fly to help us here because of the travel ban. So it's just like, you know, layers of complexity just kept getting added and the schools were closed. Uh, for my older son, uh, we couldn't like avail the regular daycare or the, the childcare services that we had. Um, so it has like, I think lots of like ripple effects uh, on, on just how the society functions, right? Like your, both me and my husband, we had to figure out like, what is a regular work hour for us? What does it mean? And what, how do we create a support system even without like immediate family in the vicinity and uh, still get stuff done? Uh, and, and for the four-year-old or like any toddlers, I think it's been really hard to be cooped up at home. So how do we like give them enough such that they don't go into depression and actually it's it's a thing like children are going into depression and uh, it's it's different signs that they show from adults uh, and it's not been thoroughly researched so i think this pandemic kind of became that research breeding ground to understand their behaviors so it's a lot of different layers of things and then even like having the child uh, in the pandemic meant you know family can't go in the hospital there are protocols you can only have certain number of guests uh, and then you know people can't even go to meet you or be in the operating room and such so there were like, lots of things to juggle with so I think it was just a new learning for all of us um, and we kind of learned along the way you know um, 
and, and just kind of took it as it came. Uh, what really helped was having like a great manager at work. Like uh, I think my, my team is just phenomenal. The people I work with have been very blessed. Uh, so that just made the journey, I would say, tolerable and, and gave yeah. us an opportunity to figure it out, right? Like rather than felt like pressure from all angles. Definitely. That's, that's, I think, very well laid out. And, and I actually learned a lot while you just said these things about something like, you know, like how children might also go through, you know, the space that uh, is not very well researched. And that is true. I mean, it's not, you know, common knowledge. Um, but uh, thanks a lot for shedding light on that. And so, um, you know, even following up on that, um, you said that, you know, you were learning uh, as, as you went along the process. Um, how would you compare your life sort of like panning out before the pandemic when you were in, you know, going to Google in person, you know, working from there and obviously, you know, you were pregnant, so you had one child at that time and now, you know, the situation has changed. So how do you compare those scenarios, maybe the pros and cons of that? Because I'm sure people around the world are going through the same thing, you know, with remote work and being in person and all of that. So. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I actually, I would love to see like a paper or something on all, all the experiences and, and pros and cons people have laid out just to see how, how people have dealt with this. Uh, because we do need to like learn from each other really at this point. Um, so uh, very different uh, to first answer your question, like pre-pandemic when we were going to office uh, and, and post-pandemic when one fine day we we're like, hey, shut, like take all your belongings, you're not coming anytime uh, from tomorrow and, and we don't know till when. So it's like indefinitely, right, at that point. Um, so pros and cons. So, so I'll start with the pros of uh, going to office in person. Uh, so pros, def definitely I work at Google. So there's all these perks and lovely office, great food. <laughs> and... Um, and not just food per se, there's also like massages or events going oh. on and, you know, there are trainings you can go to and mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of things. So there is a life at campus, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so that is something we have that has like disappeared. So totally miss that. Um, second is like just the people you work with right like the network the connections that you have and just having this conversation um is is like so much easier when you're doing it in person and especially if you are doing uh, anything that's you know more sensitive um you know especially like i'm a manager a product manager and i have like different people who are involved in my projects who may or may not report to me uh, so how do i uh, establish sort of an influence without really right. having that face-to-face -face connection with someone. And, and someone has never met me, right? They're just hearing exactly. my voice, seeing me on the screen. And, and they don't know where I'm coming from. So I think it just added uh, the element of, hey, how do I build trust in this new environment? Um, right. Because that was also the time. So March 1st, actually, we were told um, to uh, start working from home. And... Uh, I think the last week of Feb uh, was my new team. So I was new to GPay at that time, uh, Google Pay. Uh, that was my first week. And then the second wow. week, we all went remote. So I have not met my teammates, right? And I haven't met my new manager. So that was like the world uh, where I kind of transitioned into this new role. And um, 
that made it really hard. So I think like the biggest pro in, in going to work is having the face-to-face -face, uh, conversations. Right. Of course, even at that time, uh, you know, these days, most companies have like different offices. So you're still not meeting everyone in person and everyone has their own schedules, but uh, you still get that opportunity or you're working with majority of the people in person. So I think that was like a pro um, that I, I totally miss. What else? Um, space. Just, you know, right. mm -hmm. yeah, space is finite. Um, and this is Bay Area. I, I live in Mountain View. It's very expensive. And uh, there's only finite number of rooms you can have in a house, you know, you're at a C-suite or something. So I think that became a, a practical challenge. Um, and just on the previous point of like work-life balance, right? I think these things also tend to affect genders differently from what I've, I've uh, seen from my friends. I've been blessed, like my husband's very supportive and, and we just share everything, all the load like equally. So I'm very, I'm very blessed, but I've seen like friends uh, or like people I know uh, struggle with kind of your own space because the mom becomes the default caregiver. So if the yeah. kid is from school or, you know, they're sick or something and they can't go in. And, and at that time, not a lot of schools were having in-person schools. So it was a bit of a chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, so everyone was figuring it out and you're like sitting with your kid on the on a Zoom call as well with their school going on. Uh, and most of that burden actually fell on the mom. Definitely. Uh, so the burden fell, so the time was limited and the space, uh, oftentimes the moms had to share the space with their children. Uh, and the fathers happen to have like their dedicated space in the house where, you know, they're kind of doing their stuff undisturbed. So I think that also kind of, I'm not saying that happens universally, but I've seen that happen more than it, or it, it affects you more than it used to earlier when you had to go to office and you had your own you know, desk and none of this play, came into a picture at all. So I think that was like the pro of having your dedicated workspace uh, at work. And um, sorry, go no, ahead. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry you're finishing your point. You know, I was just gonna say, so all of these kind of become the cons right. of uh, you know, just working from home. Um, just moving on to like cons of going to office. Um, so I think it's a double-edged sword. So you okay. do meet people uh, and you're getting to uh, spend time with them. At the same time, what happens is, especially I think my engineering friends will agree with me, uh, you get less focused time because uh, most, at least, you know, tech companies these days have like open work culture. So you are in these kind of uh, broad mm -hmm. desks open floors right. so mm -hmm. anyone Rotation. walks in yeah right. so you don't have like a dedicated cubicle per se except for like apple where my husband works at apples so they still have okay. like these uh finite like uh, spaces where you can't see people but that's just a culture of the company thing and, mm -hmm. and i don't think most companies have that anymore um so i think that can become a con if you're trying to like put your head down and uh, you know try to focus on a problem or uh, just like write uh, a document and proofread it, etc. Because uh, it's not that it's noisy. I think it's because you're right there. People have a question. They're like, why should they I even want to it? sort of like get involved? Yeah. 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 You'll want to get involved. And also if they have a question, they'll not wait for a ping or an email. They might right. like, if you're just behind them, they'll be like, hey, 
what do you think and then you get into a conversation right and, and that leads to mm-hmm. so i think yeah. that's a con um but that's not a big con because i mean there are advantages of this as well right mm-hmm. uh, but that's that's i think the primary con i can uh, think of and of course the commute um i don't miss external costs yeah <laughs> yes yes and right now i'm talking about pros and cons from my perspective of course not from the perspective of the employer um so i think those are like the top ones and uh, pros of working from home is uh, flexibility if i didn't have kids i would actually not complain or if i had like just maybe one kid who was much older right. uh-huh. i would probably be happier working from home at least a couple of days a week so i think the new plan that google's laid out and many other companies have is like kind of a hybrid model uh, is something actually i'm looking forward to I, i think it would work yeah i think every everyone is and uh, thanks a lot for sharing that as well um this is really interesting i think you know we've been touching base on and you know circling up to google as well uh, in this conversation uh, i really picked this one thing that i think you mentioned um you know in in what you just said uh with with google having a life on campus and i think that was a perfect segue that i was thinking about touching on this topic as well because people really want to know about this and i i sort of um i i you know as i first reached out to you when i was doing the duke in silicon valley program and you know we were working for google we were doing a project for them um this point was again brought up there so we we at that time i learned that you know google it's it's a part of its um its work culture that it wants to create an environment where people don't want to leave and yeah. so by default when they don't want to leave they'll stay and work more and this is what it was when larry and sergey started it as a startup um and that is why people were like they they would take a shower there they'd sleep on campus you know they'd be there all the time so i wanted to know um you know segueing from what we were talking about how important do you think think these external factors sort of play in to you know really cementing a company's work culture and also building productivity in employees like not only the perks but also these small issues like oh maybe having a slide on campus like all these you know small yeah. small factors yeah 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 i think it's a tricky tricky topic specifically i can speak for uh, google and like specifically i can speak for the team i work for because i've also seen similar stuff at like facebook uh, which has similar perks but i think my experiences have been different in both the companies so i don't think it's a general thing like wherever you have these nuances or perks it's just going to apply the same way i don't think it's it's true so uh, here's my take i think there are two layers uh, one is our core work like what makes us happy at work is kind of the question you're asking right so the core work has to be good and satisfying okay right so i have to be happy with what i am doing Uh, what problem am i trying to solve and the impact i'm having correct uh, that's like absolute core right and i don't think if you uh, take that away then any of the other things will matter oh interesting okay mm-hmm. so that has to stay and other things build up on it to reinforce it further so the second thing that comes and i think uh, google has totally nailed it is the people like they they really hand pick and in in all my years of uh, working at different companies I can surely say yeah googlers are the smartest like on an average it's not like you won't find equally smart people at ebay um, there were very smart people at ebay but the average bar at google is definitely higher mm-hmm. and and uh, i would say even higher than facebook at least in my own personal experience so i think that helps that hey i'm 
I know that I'm going to have an enriching conversation. Um, and yes, everyone's not going to agree with what I'm going to say, but I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to grow. So that growth is the next thing, right? You don't want to feel like you're the smartest in the room. You're on the wrong room in that case. Mm -hmm. So that's really important, at least to me. So it's, it's the work, then the people. Then all these perks, right? They help to make your life easier in some ways. And they make you feel like uh, you're being cared for, right? Like there's a room to nap for. I, I just go book a nap sometimes. And I've done that. Like I was just tired. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to oh, talk to people. Right. I'll just yeah. go and nap. And there's a nap pod. Wow. <laughs> so it's not like if that wasn't there, I wouldn't work for this company. Mm. But that just makes me feel, or sometimes I get massage credit. You know, so I did a good job on a project. Some teammate gave me credits for massage. Oh, massage I, credits. That's, that's so interesting. That's the first time I've heard of it. But wow. Actually, on that note, so Google gives even uh, credits and some sort of even like uh, monetary, I think they gave like $500 for like new parents for a couple of months because they're like, okay, you have added costs in your life. So let's just share the burden. And no other company has done that uh, because I've had my kid in a different company, my older one, and they, they don't do that. Uh, and the conversations that I'm having about returning back to work uh, what does it mean? The flexibility that I'm hearing from from my uh, peers and managers, that those are the things that really add to the culture. Um, but like specifically food, etc. I think it depends on where you are in your life. If you are like a bachelor, you don't cook. Those things become even more important, really important. to you. Right. Yeah. Right. Than it was for me because you know I had to cook for my kids anyway. So yeah. Wow. That's. That's awesome. And, and actually, you know, even picking up on that, there's, there's a really interesting thing that even when I visited some of the headquarters, you know, being to Google Plex and then even uh, with Facebook and Apple and all these places, you really feel like you're in a bubble, you know, like you feel that life works differently here. And, you know, there's this, not stereotype, but there's this perspective that people have for Silicon Valley that, hey, it's, it's, it's this bubble, you know, in this world where things operate differently. And I've seen somehow like, uh, for instance, when I went to some of these headquarters, like I've heard employees say uh, the food, like every day there's new cuisines and stuff like this might not even matter to what they're working on, but there's free food and it doesn't repeat for like a year. So, you know, like small, small things and how people bring that up in conversation as reasons to actually stay at the companies. That's really interesting. And uh, I might be on a, on a lighter note here. You know, I, I just remember uh, I love The Office, the show. Um, and so in that, uh, the, the protagonist of this Steve Carell, who plays the role of Michael Scott, he, meant, he says this once. Uh, it's meant to be a joke, but I think I really take word of it. Uh, when he says that, um, you know, people will never go out of business. Products may go out of business, whatever else may go out, but then people might never go out. And I think these companies really do a strong job in retaining people and, and sort yeah. of making sure that people stay in business. And so yeah. I just wanted to share your thoughts on what do you think the entire culture is of Silicon Valley? Because I'm sure people would love to know you know, the ins and outs of the valley from someone who's already in it and who has been in it for so many years now. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, great topic. Uh, and then something uh, I was just thinking about the other day, like, yes, the perks help you. And, and that's how, you know, they are investing in people and, and the culture is all towards how do I make this person grow, this person stay, 
uh, in this company and contribute. Um, however, I think it also becomes like a reinforcement agent where you're like, okay, if I do more of this, I'll continue uh, growing. My manager actually at Google says, we are in a pie making business. You make okay. good pies, we will give you more pies to make. Wow, okay. so, uh, so, so I think what I'm trying to get to is you need to kind of watch out for your mental health at the end of the day, because mm -hmm. you can continue working for as much as you like there are plenty of problems to solve uh but when do you get to burn out is something only you can tell you can control and you you decide for yourself that's true. exactly exactly so uh in in terms of like the work culture of silicon valley i think each company is very different at the same time I think it would be fair to say that people at Silicon Valley work really hard, like techies work pretty long, work really hard, are under a lot of pressure because it is a competitive space, right? I mean, there are like I work for Google Pay. There are like three other major competitors that I have to watch out for. And of course, zillion other small ones. Yeah. Um, right. So we literally have to be on our toes and, and, and Google is still big. So it's, it's slower than uh, someone else can be right which right. is also a problem right um, so you have all these perks and work-life balance and then you need to catch up with competition and uh, if I own that product as a product manager I need to like kind of balance both right I don't want to burn out my team at the same time I'm like yeah if if we don't launch this by so and so uh, time frame we won't be the market leaders and, and so on, right? So I think that's like a real threat that many companies like even PayPal or like Facebook, now they have a new world with the Apple regulations coming in. So how do they react to this, right? So we are, I think, in a constant uh, changing uh, world. Like no other industry is as... as uh, volatile and dynamic. And, exactly. So that just is the nature of the industry, which adds its own uh, pressure or stress in some ways. Mm. You can always take that in a positive way, right? And, and you should. That's the only way to like grow and do well in this industry is like take this challenge positively and, and see what can you do, but do it in a way that is sustainable for you yeah. and your team. That's so I think that's what I have seen people like successful or like people who have kind of had to take a break uh, and, and like had totally burned out. That's the difference. Like what's the pace at which you move? Uh, and are you kind of running the sprint or the marathon? So my director, yeah. already, you're running a marathon. How, how long do you want to last till you burn out? You know, I think that's, exactly. that, is, that is the question. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's amazing. Thanks a lot uh, for sharing that too. Uh, now coming to uh, Google Pay, and I think you, you mentioned them, and again, you're talking about it, and also I think something I really picked up was how you said sometimes if we don't launch products at the right time, uh, irrespective of how good they are or what their quality is, uh, we might lose out to the competitors. And as you said, there's three, four big competitors, but there's zillions of others that you have to take because you never know what might become the next Google, you know, like because Google was in yep. that same place a few years ago. So how... Um, maybe this is twofold, but A, how do you take care of the competition? And B, wh what's Google Pay up to right now? Like, how, what is what is Google Pay? How is it contributing maybe to the fintech space? Because I think that's really booming. Uh, or maybe in the finance space in general, that would be really interesting to know about. 
Uh, so I think like to answer your two questions there, right? So first, maybe I can take the Google Pay. Uh, what is the focus of, of Google Pay? I don't think I'm going to uh, say much because I'm not supposed to. But okay. what is like publicly <laughs> right. shared that's is what we like to talk about. Um, I think in, like in summary, Google Pay kind of wants to be your one-stop solution for all your financial needs. Um, the new app that was released uh, late last year has like a wallet. Uh, you can access your top tap and pay. You have a balance. You can earn rewards. Uh, and you can send money to your friends. You can also uh, kind of get a min.com like feature where you can study, okay, what are my spending habits like? Derive insights out of it, which will help you make better financial decisions. So that's kind of uh, uh, the story there where we want to be your management like financial management uh, one-stop solution so that's that's the space we will continue to hone down on and, and get better at um, and so coming to your second question which is how do you stay ahead of the competition right mm -hmm. um, I think it depends on who you are uh, so it's going to sound very theoretical answer right it depends on who you are and where you are at, at the journey so right. what are your strengths of the company and where are the bigger opportunities you can't solve every problem so you see which ones do you really want to go after and become the market leaders at wow. right so it's not like i want to beat everyone at everything yeah you pick mm -hmm. which ones and uh, then you go from there and which markets right like uh, i can take the example of ebay like ebay is not a market leader in us anymore but eBay is a market leader in Australia. eBay is a market leader wow. in Korea. So you kind of decide which market. eBay pulled out of India as a market, for example. Oh, so you decide what you want to do where and when. When that's that's yeah, that's really smart. Um, and especially with something like Google, where um, it, it is one of those companies, and you know, I, I'm just in in retrospect thinking about it as well. Um, I can think of no other company, perhaps, which um, which can replace maybe the utility that Google's pro Google provides as a company or maybe Alphabet now provides as a company to users like you know you you literally can't live without it if, if you're a technology user uh, you know mm -hmm. I, I don't think you can live without it. Like, you go out you want to go somewhere there's no maps you know it doesn't work out you want to like anything like you want to search anything up you know you, that's that is the search engine and so there's also really interesting something that I was wondering um, because I'm I'm a you know CS student myself and you know really passionate about product management entrepreneurship all of that. Um, when Google was launched, right as a company, this is not specific to Google Pay, but just Google the company. Um, I think there were other search engines too at that time, right? So there was I don't know if Mosaic was one, but I think Yahoo was before Google, if I'm not wrong. Uh, Probably there, there at least Google wasn't the first search engine, yeah. right? And so. So was sure. the case with Facebook because, you know, MySpace was existing. And then even with Microsoft, there were so many other companies. I was just wondering what, what separates these companies? And this is like a very common question. But from now that you're a Googler, maybe you have some insights on that, like in your day-to-day. -day, because I think there's some elements which, which are retained in every day of your work culture, you know, uh, that make you realize that, hey, maybe that's why Google's different. So I think uh, it, for Google specifically, I have seen uh, and have been amazed with like the decision making uh, of of the middle or like senior leadership. They move really quickly, uh, and 
they even shut down things quickly which i think people would complain about like you you might have seen google kind of shutting down products like allo etc which didn't work out uh, which users obviously won't be happy about but i think it's necessary evil to kind of keep moving so if something doesn't work you just pivot Mm, so the, so the attitude of continuing to pivot uh, is, I think, really important because I don't want to name, but like there are other companies I've worked at also in the past who don't pivot as as quickly, and that can kill your business. So uh, you need to like recognize and just move quickly. And that's that's such an important thing as you mentioned, and I think that's. even replicable in your life right with yeah. uh with things that either if they're out of your comfort zone or whatever like my my mentor used to say when i was young that you know um you, if you want to reach a mountain you have to leave a hill you know a hill top and so you might be satisfied with where you are at the moment if you want to keep progressing and um um you know uh, if you want to keep progressing then you, you definitely have to move um uh, like that you know and and follow that wave um and so i think before we wrap up today's conversation i just wanted to know uh, what are your thoughts because work with paypal google there's a lot of finance coming in um so that standard question about crypto and uh, just fintech in general what are your views uh, on that and where do you see the finance space moving or maybe the fintech space i mean there's a lot of talks about defi nfts popping up crypto like oh, what's your view on that and where do you see the space going in the future I, I don't think I'm I'm really the right person <laughs> to talk about the crypto and and these things because I haven't like uh, studied them in detail. So I, I honestly don't know uh, about them as much as I should be knowing maybe. But maybe there's a reason I don't, right? Because I don't think they're viable uh, anytime soon. Okay. So that's just my opinion. Uh, I know companies are investing a lot in in these technologies uh, or like forms of payments per se. it's going to take some time to establish uh, like trust in in these uh, mechanisms um but yes i think fintech is just a space which will continue to evolve uh it's so highly regulated uh that it is a tough space to crack so you can't have like a startup coming in and disrupting the space uh, very quickly yeah. although a lot mm-hmm. of you know challenger banks are doing that now uh crypto has been around crypto is not so new if you think about it and hasn't has has gone through a lot of ups and downs right. uh I, i think that's kind of like my observation naively uh, without having like worked in in the weeds of it um i don't think we are ready yet however it it's a question of maybe regulations and like uh synergy like e- ecosystems kind of enabling these things Correct. uh and get a, get better at like fraud management uh because that that's i think the biggest problem right like if it gets leaked and and, and there's a fraud there it's very hard to tr- trace back especially in the case of crypto so i think once we get better at those things uh ml gets to that level maybe these uh currencies will become more credible I'm less volatile right uh and and more widely used um i do work in like fraud uh, financial fraud uh, as well like uh, done that at uh, previous companies as well and i think those keep changing so much and now especially during like post covid world uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs and 
uh, more fraudsters have kind of uh, come to yeah. the surface True. yeah right mm-hmm. so i think these currencies become even harder to for the users to like trust in uh, so we need like the industry needs to have better protocols um in place like financial protocols um and the technologies that enable it so i think we'll get there it's it's probably a matter of a few years and, and this conversation would go very differently at that time yeah then yeah maybe maybe we'll get back again in in 5 years and, and talk about the same thing maybe the the landscape has changed by then but uh, thanks a lot for being here today pooja it was a pleasure to have you um so you guys stay tuned for the next episode in nt studio take care all right thank you